You're listening to the Champ Off-Road Podcast, presented by Amswell. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Champ Off-Road Podcast, presented by Amsoil. Shane Stetsny and Brent Smith here, as always. And Brent, we are five-sixths of the way through the season. That means only one more event left to go, and that is World Championship and Points Championship weekend at Cranon International Raceway. How are you feeling? Are you excited? Yeah, definitely. A lot of, a lot of nerves, a lot of excitement. I mean going to be doing double duty announcing and racing so it's going to be crazy to say the least um just been prepping like a madman and i mean it's been awesome just all year just working with you and now it comes down to the final weekend a lot of points battles i mean a lot of different speed approaches coming into fall cran and we know we came through some short tough bullring tracks now this is wide open dude the best of the best will be here and Probably the most people we've seen all year will be here in fall. Yeah, not just the most drivers that we've seen all year, but also the biggest crowd. Again, expected to be a record-breaking crowd at Crandon International Raceway. So everything is on the line in front of the biggest crowd in the history of short course off-road. It's uh, certain to be an excellent show. You know, you talked about you being uh, up to your neck and working on the pro light, getting that whole program ready to go for Labor Day weekend. I've spent the last week being sick, so <laughs> you and I both are uh, going through it a little bit, just trying to uh, survive to the finish line ourselves. As they say, to finish first, you must first finish, so we'll try to get through the rest of this season, but you talked a little bit about points battles. I don't know if I ever remember a year that was this tight for points battles across a handful of classes, so pro light, obviously the top three, it's only three points from first to third. That's going to be an absolute banger of a race in that final round on Saturday at Crandon. We got pro two sportsman two. I mean, a handful of guys within single digits in super buggy. And then you've got two drivers tied for the lead in the five seventies. It's going to be such a fun weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we come to see. And we want to see great battles right to the end. And I mean, you see a lot of championships won on this weekend and a lot lost. I mean, you have to have all your ducks in a row and all your T's crossed and your dies dotted because this is fall cran and everyone waits to come here. I mean, the parade is one big, huge step for the weekend. A lot of people, a lot of camaraderie. It's going to be over the top. I mean, we always say record numbers, record car counts, but we have some good points championships going on and, I don't care if it's 570 or Pro 4. It's going to come down to the wire, and we get to duke it out here at fall at Cranon, like the mecca of off-road racing. Like, we live for this stuff, Shane. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, I've been keeping an eye on points all year because I'm a numbers guy, and I get I nerd out about that stuff quite a bit. So um, certainly you'll expect to see me up at the booth scribbling furiously on whatever pieces of paper I can find as the races are going on, trying to uh, keep everybody informed. What's so fascinating to me is some of these points battles are already, you know, whittled down to just two drivers. So whether they finish fifth and sixth or first and second, it's pretty much just a two-man race. Or in the case of Pro Spec, which is also tied, by the way, for the points lead, it's a man and a woman that's Gray Ledbetter and Nick Visser tied for that points lead. It'll be interesting to see how the strategy plays out a little bit because you don't necessarily have to go for a win. You just have to beat one other driver or a couple other drivers. So makes points championship weekend so fascinating to watch 
Yeah, and, and you have to you have to be ready for anything. And I mean, yeah, there's only four or five trucks in the ProLite spec class, but it's only gonna get better and better. And you have to finish in front of one another because that's how it's been all year. The points. We had so many different winners, and it's just who can get out front and breathe that clean air, like I always say. Yeah, absolutely, Brent. You're right, as always. That's what it takes to win at Crandon. You gotta get out front, you gotta get out front early. Well, let's get started with our first of three guests on this episode. Who do we have in this one? Well, our next guest up on the Champ Off-Road podcast is Jarrett Brooks. How's it going, Jarrett? What's up, guys? Uh, Doing pretty good. Just uh, back home in California for the week Um, on dad duty. So I've been having a a good week before we head back to uh, the biggest race in – the biggest race of the year, which is coming up, uh, Labor Day Cranon. So uh, just getting ready for that, hanging back with the fam and just uh, chilling. Nice. A lot of uh, sounds like some good calm before the storm then. Yeah, for sure, man. It's, uh, you know, the craziest part about racing on the Midwest and Champ Off-Road is the season isn't very long, but it's crammed in. So, uh, you know, twice a month, I live in California. We race on the Midwest. and um you know it takes a toll on the west coast guys for sure i mean being being away from home it's not like you can really come home and fly back and forth so that's been the hard part so you know it's nice to come home have a little bit of a this is our longest break we've had which is about a three-week break two-week break so it's nice um you know my 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 uh employees that stay out in Crandon, they were able to come home for the first time and um it's a full effort racing on the midwest when you're from the west coast you know, obviously this is the final points round. Pros only have one round of racing left and you're coming in with a slim points lead. But this story kind of starts a year ago because you were in the same spot a year ago. You had a couple points over the rest of the field. You were in position to win the championship, then disaster struck. So how frustrating was it to end last year that way? Yeah, last year was for sure a bummer deal. Um racing that's that's the stuff that happens in racing i mean it's just it is what it is i think we had like a 17 point lead coming in last year and you know there wasn't really that much pressure i mean all i had to do was finish 12th or better out of you know i think there was you know 17 trucks 20 trucks where there wasn't that much pressure where i think that's what happens you know when there's not that much pressure um compared to now now we're going in there with a two-point lead which is nothing i mean this pro two field is so stacked that anything can happen. And I feel like most of my championships I've ever won have been close like this with two point leads or I'm behind three points coming into the last round. So um, I like it. I think, I think it's great for the fans. Um, It's great for short course racing in general. Like this is how stacked and competitive this field is. And that's how it needs to be. You know, I mean, it's not cool watching, um, you know, someone check out on the points and dominating fashion. This is, this is not how it's been this year. Pro 2 has been a wild ride. These big inverts have been insane. And consistency has uh, has paid off, which is crazy because I feel like I haven't really had that very big of a consistent season. I feel like everyone just really hasn't been very consistent. But I feel the reason is why is because these big inverts um, and it's, it's really hard to get to the front. Yeah, somehow Pro 2 seems to have really unlucky people drawing the pill too i feel like you guys have had 10 inverts like six different times this year yeah yeah no the 10 inverts for sure play a factor but even these like sixes and eight inverts i mean 
the 10 is the ten's horrible, but even these big six inverts and eight inverts are super deadly too. I mean, the pro two field, I mean, it's, I mean, there's, there's no, there's not any driver that's slacking equipment or, or driving abilities out there. Like this is, this is the class I feel like to be in right now. And, and I feel like the hardest part too is, is, um, you know, when I try to explain to people is like, um, you know, the track crew does a great job on the track, but, we don't race until around like five or six o'clock and racing starts at, uh, you know, racing starts at nine o'clock. The way I put it is, you know, we don't race until six. The track's pretty well blue grooved by the time the pro twos go out. It's super slick where I feel like when they have these big inverts on top of that is why you don't see, you know, the dudes coming from eighth place all the way to the front is because it's hard to pass. I mean, you can't really run the bottom lines because it's, they're so blue grooved and wet that you, kind of have to stay in a single file which i feel like that's that's kind of why there's so much contact <laughs> i mean it's it's hard to pass and pretty much right now i feel like the pro two class is so competitive that you really got to move someone to to get by them and that is short course racing but the hard part too is you only got on some tracks 14 laps to do it you go to cran you only got nine laps so you know there's not much time to waste i'm just wondering like coming like coming off the back of last season and you're having that bad weekend didn't get to run championship day for the cup race. I mean, does that change your approach coming into this year? Obviously you're in the points lead, but did you expect to be in the points lead? You know, I feel like, I feel like it's crazy. We started out our season very, very strong. Like we did a lot of off season work to the truck didn't really do any testing. And we came out with a rocket ship of a truck. And I feel like from there on, we're like, okay, we, you know, we found out what we were missing last year. We got it. We got it figured out now. And then just a few heartbreaks in, in uh, the first week in Anago. And then um, kind of from there, we, we still picked the momentum. But I wouldn't say I'm surprised. But I would say I'm surprised on how inconsistent the Pro 2 field has been this year. I mean, we haven't had – I mean, we've had – Mickey Thomas has for sure been killing it on wins this year, but the reliability out of him hasn't been there. But overall, I feel like we've just had a lot of DNFs and, and random stuff happen in the Pro 2 class where that's where I'm a little surprised how we're in the points lead for, you know, we haven't had that great of a year either. Yeah, you never know who's going to win in that class, honestly. We could keep saying it day to day and weekend after weekend, but it's it's fun to call in the booth for Shane and I because – we honestly couldn't say, okay, Jared Brooks is going to sweep the weekend because there's so much talent. Yes, 100%, dude. And, uh, and it's hard, the Pro 2 class, man. It's it's. Uh, I feel like we've kind of seen this pattern. Whoever kind of starts on the front row is most likely going to get on the podium or, or get, you know, run away out front. So I think starting on the pole, front row, is uh, it has been a huge key to this year and just getting that, getting that pill drawn or, you know, go either way. Do you think that the, I mean, last year's Pro 2 was super competitive too, but it feels like it's even turned up to a whole other level this year. Do you think that's required you to change your mindset a little bit when you're actually on the track compared to last year or previous years? I feel like my mindset as a driver over the years has, you know, you try to be more calculated. You try to not take as much risks because, you know, when you're a young driver, you're hungry. You want to win everything and you just kind of tear up your equipment blow tires off and and you know do that kind of stuff where this year i feel like you've really had to be all out there's no hanging back there's no trying to be smart on days because 
the pro two fast the pro two class kid everyone wants to win i mean getting a pro two win is the best feeling ever so um i just feel like the pro two class in general man it's i feel like it's always been super competitive i think this year it's just been a little harder because of the tracks um i just don't think there's i don't i just don't think the passing you can't run on the bottom line like you always can so what about staring down this challenge that's in front of you now where basically um, as long as you stay up near the front, it's going to come down to whether you or Corey finishes in front of the other. What do you, Will you approach that final race differently than a normal race, or is it still basically the same mindset where you just do your best to get to the front? I would say just kind of same mindset. Um, just try to get to the front, uh, get a good get a good hole shot. You know, just kind of depends on on the circumstances, on if I need to charge harder, if I don't need to charge as hard where coming into this last round at Crandon, it's going to be a for sure different mindset on exactly what we need to do because it's so close. You know, you got to, you got to put into equation qualifying points, you know, halfway points, uh, who gets those halfway extra points. I don't know. I don't know if I just thought about that. I don't know if they're doing like fastest lap time for qualifying. If we're not, if we're not, uh, if we don't have an extra round. So there's a lot of stuff to think about on how you need to go into the weekend and, and especially it's only nine laps so i mean you got it you still got to get it done and just show up like we're running any other race go out there and try to win so you it's pretty easy for you to stay focused i mean you've been around the sport a long long time running out west and claiming two pro two championships obviously in pro light as well it doesn't seem like it rumples up you at all you like you seem to stay pretty calm yeah i mean at the end of the day there's it's it's racing, right? So whatever mm-hmm. happens, happens. But I know we're I know we're doing all of our homework at the shop. I think races are one in the shop, and we're doing a lot of stuff at the shop right now to try to have a really fast truck. Um, you know, we I feel like we've all we're always chasing setup. We're always trying to find that new setup, but we're going back to a setup that we know works at Crandon that we haven't ran in a while. So I'm very confident on it. You know, I'm I'm ready for Crandon overall. It's the biggest it's the biggest race. Right. of the year in in racing so i mean besides besides the points race i mean this is where everyone comes so you know we got the pro two cup race we got the pro four versus pro two this is this is the race where everyone wants to go to and uh i'm excited i'm ready for it so brent mentioned that you've already got a couple pro two championships from out west but you talked about how high the level of competition is here this year in champ off road plus you'd be sealing a championship at Crandon in front of that huge crowd. Would this be your most meaningful championship so far if you can get the job done? I don't know if it'd be my most meaningful. Uh actually in my first my first year running pro light in uh in the back east, I actually won a championship at Crandon. I think that was that was one of my coolest. I would say probably my first pro two championship was was uh you know my all time high because I was going against my idols, uh Rob Mack, Deegan, McGrath, a bunch of these dudes where I think I think this championship though would would for sure top those because of how much stress level racing on the Midwest takes. I mean, you know, we only race for four months, but the amount of stress in those in those four to three months <laughs> is way more than anything else. So that's where I feel like it'd be the most meaningful because it would show you know a lot of hard work paid off. But the hard part too is having your family come out. You know, it's really not easy on the family flying them to races. So. I think it'd be really meaningful, meaningful for me on that part 
that, uh, you know, all the sacrifice and the hard work paid off. Yeah, that's probably something that fans don't realize. You'll travel more next weekend round trip, I think, than uh, like Keegan Kincaid and his team have to travel all season. Yeah, hundred percent. So it's nice though. We had a, we got a shop um, in Hiles, which is uh, about seven miles from Crandon. We got a shop with a house on it, so that's been actually pretty nice. My crew kind of has like a place to call home. We have a nice shop, and it's a lot easier because. Uh, last year when we were there, we had to stay. We stayed in the in a hotel the whole the whole race season. And wow. after that, we were so burnt out. I think that's what takes a lot of wind out of your sails is is if you have to stay in hotels. Where luckily this year we have a house to stay in, and it um, makes it feel like home in a way. Being it's like championship weekend coming in in the next couple of days here. I mean, does that add any more pressure? I know it's fun everyone likes to party and have a great time. And, but I mean, it's the big show. So, I mean, the atmosphere, does that add any pressure to the racing part or do you enjoy it? Yeah, I think the atmosphere adds a big twist to the racing. Um, I just feel like when you're in the truck, you wouldn't even know if there was any fans in the stands or if there wasn't, or if there was or wasn't, I've never, that's never changed my mindset on the racing. You know, I think when you get out of the truck, you're like, Holy crap, there's a lot of people out in the, in the stands or, when you go up and watch a race, but when you're in the truck, it doesn't make anything different. I don't think it puts any more pressure on me or anything. I just think the last time I went out and, you know, in uh, what do they call it? Jurassic park or anything was probably when I was like 17, every time I've been to Crandon, it's been all business for me. Um, I like to have fun, but I don't know, man. I just, I just go there, try to win that uh, championship and try to get, uh, try to win all the races, man. This is, this is the biggest payouts. And, it's, it's pretty rad to have all the fans there. You actually have a lot of sponsors there, too. This is the main race they go to and the only race they go to most of the time. So I think that aspect puts more pressure on, on drivers than the fans. Will it be hard for you with, like you said, this is a business trip for you and you're going to work next weekend, but do you try to make it a point to kind of enjoy the moment, though, too, and enjoy the experience being there with your family? Or is that hard to do while you're so focused on the task at hand? I just feel like the current weekend is so hectic that, you know, there's not much time to hang out with the family, which kind of is a bummer. But, you know, you're talking to people. I'm selling merchandise. I'm trying to, you know, talk to sponsors. So that's, I feel like the crane and weekend is all business because you have so many people there. And, and it's awesome. You know, you have awesome fans that buy the merchandise. This is the biggest weekend we sell merchandise. So we're pretty much in full, uh, full business mode. Uh, I like to have fun, but, um, you know, it's hard. It's it's like, it's a long weekend. You know, we have a golf tournament on Wednesday. We load in on, we load in on Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, we practice and qualify before noon. Friday, we have the parade all day. Saturday, we sit around and wait. <laughs> There's not much to do on Saturday. We sit around and wait, twiddle our thumbs till six o'clock. So that's time, you know, we'll sell merchandise, talk with the fans. And then Sunday, that's a wide open day. Sunday, uh, we race at 10, 10 o'clock in the morning, bring the truck back, clean the truck, prep the truck, and then we race again uh, later Sunday. So I, I think this is the most tiring weekend, too, because, you you know, if you go out and party, you wake up, you got the driver's meet at 8 o'clock. So it's like you're shot all day. So you mentioned, obviously, Sunday is a big day for off-road racing in general. Are you even looking ahead that far, though, or are you? will you not worry too much about that until the dust settles on the actual champ off-road season on Saturday night? 
Yeah, no, I don't. I've never, you know, the last two years, I actually haven't been able to race the Crandon Cup race or the Pro 2 versus Pro 4. So two years in a row now, I actually haven't raced it. So I don't know. I pretty much just look at, I just pretty much look at the points race. And then after that, you know, it's just whatever happens, happens. It's just, let's go have fun and enjoy the rest of the season. Where I think after that, the pressure's taken off. But um, yeah, I actually have, since I've been in Pro 2, I have never finished a Pro 2 versus Pro 4 Labor Day Cup weekend. Wow. Well, hopefully this year you can turn things around. It just stunk. We like to watch the best of the best duke it out to the end, and you're one of the best, man. It's so fun to watch you going through the ranks, and you and Tanner, you guys really put on one hell of a show behind the scenes too. Thank you, man. Yeah, we we uh, it's cool. We've, we built a truck in-house. That was always my dream goal is to have my own shop and to build race trucks out of my own shop and have them go perform and uh, Tanner – Tanner and Nick behind the scenes, man, these dudes, these dudes are what make my truck fast. Uh, you know, I think we're a good group of guys. We're all young. I mean, Tanner, he's 30 years old. Um, Nick is 29. I'm 25. So it's pretty crazy. We're a young group of guys just trying to build badass stuff and try to sell short course pro twos. So being young, obviously you, you know, this is still the first couple chapters of whatever your racing career will become. Do you have aspirations to get beyond off-road racing or do you think, you know, you're a long haul in it for the long haul and short course? Yeah, that's a good question, man. Um, that's, that's a really good one. Kind of right now trying to think of the next thing to do Uh short course. I've been racing since I was 10 years old, man. It's been a long, long road, but um, you know, now I got my son coming up. He's three years old where man this year he's, he's so into racing. He, he wants to race so bad and, now he's kind of understanding what passing is, and he's over there giving me a hard time telling me I got passed by Ricky G, Mickey Thomas, Doug Matag when I come off the racetrack. He's like, like, dude, he's like, Dad, what are you doing? You're getting past all these dudes. So, you know, I, I kind of really my, – my main goal was, you know, I, I had, you know, goals when I was younger. I think now my, my main goal now is to try to have my son race under the same awning as me one day and we're both racing on the track. So I really want to venture into – uh, getting him racing, um, you know, building him a car. And I think that's what we're going to go for in the off season is try to put our focus to something else that can make our shop a little bit more money. And um, short course, like I said, man, it's really hard to race on uh, on the Midwest when you're from California, even though it's only for four months, you know, it's just really hard to do. So, you know, uh, who knows? I don't know. I don't know what my plan is for, you know, after this year and going into next year on racing. I want to venture into some other stuff, but I for sure want to keep a pro too and keep racing something. Well, Jared, I don't know, man. I just wish you the best of luck and hopefully you have a great weekend and everyone does. And the weather's on our side after Bark River. It didn't seem like we were going to keep mother nature off our back. Yeah, no, that's, that's the crazy part about racing on the Midwest too, is you never know how the weather is. And man, I really hope we have some clear skies in Crandon because mud races are terrible i feel like even for the spectators it's terrible just to it's just you know, i don't know i don't even know what to say about mud races because you <laughs> never know what's going to happen and running out of tear off has to be the worst feeling i think or when we went to bark river i thought it was going to you know be raining and be super muddy i taped up taped up my mud screens put 40 tear offs on taped up everything go out there <laughs> i felt 
felt like I was looking at a one eye, dude. I'm like, it's not even muddy. And I taped up all my, all my stuff. And now I really can't see. So really hoping rain stays on our side. Cause, um, you know, it, it'll make for some great racing. Well, Hey man, we appreciate you taking some time, uh, real quick before you go, who's going to be the pro two points champion this year. Uh, who's going to win the championship, Jared Brooks, you know, right now there's nothing to lose. It's whoever wins, wins the championship. So we're coming in, throwing a lot of, throwing a lot at this truck and I'm confident. Awesome. Well, we look forward to uh, seeing you do battle out there. We wish you the best of luck next weekend. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you, buddy. Later. Well, Brent, as always, I want to remind our listeners that this podcast is presented by Amsoil. Remember to visit Amsoil.com for products that protect and maximize performance in all your vehicles and motorized toys. Use the convenient Amsoil product guides to find what you need and get fast, free shipping on all orders over $100. Amsoil, run with us. Well, Shane, we've talked to our Pro 2 points leader, but man, talking about points leads, go into the 570s this year. It's going to come right down to the end. Yeah, 570 side-by-side, one of a couple classes that'll enter Crandon in the final rounds tied for the points lead. And we'll actually get a chance to talk to both of those drivers on this episode as well. First up, one of the two drivers tied for the 570 points lead. It's Ethan Dressel. Ethan, how you doing? I'm doing good. Obviously, uh, a, a lot riding on this final weekend, but I want to kind of go back to the start of the season. It's your second year in 570s. What were your goals coming into this year? Was being in the championship conversation part of your expectations? Last year, I did all right, but this year I was kind of expecting to do a lot better than last year, hence I learned more. Um, I was kind of hoping to race with my brother a little bit. Um, the very first race, me and him had a good battle, but unfortunately he got taken out. Yeah, that was at Antigo. Uh, your first win in 570s was at Antigo in round two. Like you said, you were close a handful of times last year. Uh, did that feel like a breakthrough? Like you, you got the monkey off your back and now you know that you can run up front with those guys? I don't know if I was expecting the very first race for me to be up front and win, but it was definitely, I don't think, it was definitely on my mind. Unfortunately, Grant, was up there and he didn't do as well so after you got that win out of the way especially early in the season at that point did you really you know were you really confident that you were going to be part of the championship chase i just wanted to keep being consistent and taking up the podium well i was hoping that i would get on the first place or podium a bit more but unfortunately i didn't uh, but you have been top five nine out of ten rounds so is that just you constantly trying to be consistent or are you just a really patient driver and you just kind of let it come to you? Um, I kind of let it come to me a lot more. I like getting a feel for a lot of the tracks. It's kind of natural. So like, do you have any rivals like going in every weekend? I mean, you look at Riker, Chase Braun. I mean, any of those guys, do you look to beat them week in and week out or do you just go out there to do it for yourself? I would like to say both of them are my rivals. Last year, Chase Bronze and I were a lot. We're fighting a lot. Um, this year, I've had good battles with Riker, and it's just been a great year. Do you have any kind of relationship with Riker beyond just competing? Are you guys, you know, kind of friends off the track, or do you not hang out much? We don't hang out off the track. I've I've talked to him a some um a couple of times. Uh, I've talked to Chase Bronze sometimes too. I would like to get to know him a little bit better off the track. But there's obviously a lot of uh, mutual respect there. Yeah. 
So I want to talk about your your support structure a little bit. Obviously, uh, your brother races, your dad races, and you're part of an enormous Bone Motorsports team that has like double-digit cars and all the side-by-side classes. Being part of such a big team, having all that support, does that give you a, a ton of extra confidence every weekend, knowing that you have all those people behind you? Yes, it does. Um, Bone actually spots for me, and he he does a great job. He always keeps me calm in the race car, shows me smart lines and good lines. Um, everybody there is always fun to hang out with everyone. I have a good time at all the races. So, Well, when you're becoming like a better driver in the sport yourself, I mean, you have to have your own alone time to think about what you need to do. But making yourself a better driver, do you learn from the other guys on your team, like people that have had more track time than you? And like, how do you work on your own stuff? A lot of it is definitely watching and having Matt show me stuff when we do track walks and stuff. We also have our own track that I get a, a practice on uh, regularly. You really just have to experiment with the lines when you're out there practicing. Hey, so looking ahead to Crandon, obviously the final rounds, 10 rounds in, two rounds to go, you're tied for the points lead. How much has that been on your mind, like, since you left Bark River a couple of weeks ago? Probably every day. It's <laughs> really nerve-wracking. <laughs> so is is that the, the biggest emotion you feel? Are you nervous or, you know, excited to take on the challenge? You know, what's your mental state like? Um, it's probably a mix of both. I'm really excited to get to the track and race Riker for the top spot. But I'm also really nervous, too, because I don't want to lose it. Technically, you're actually trailing him on the tiebreaker because he has a couple more wins than you so um, a tie coming out of the final round won't be good enough for you to be the champion Riker also swept Crandon back in June does that add to the pressure that you feel you talked about how you're you try to be patient on the track but will you approach championship weekend a little bit differently yeah I'll probably be way more aggressive out on the track um it does put a little bit more pressure um, knowing that he's beat me at Crandon before, but I think I'll be fine. Just hopefully be more aggressive and hopefully take the win. There's a lot. So, Ethan, there's a lot of stuff that goes on at Crandon. Obviously, the parade. I mean, just a lot of family, friends. It's championship weekend. I mean, everything about off-roads is this coming weekend. And do you let that bother you or can you enjoy it and just chill out with your friends? Um, it won't bother me at all. Um, that's a big part of the racing is coming and hanging out with all your friends and family. Do you think you'll be able to fully enjoy the fun side of it too, though? Yes, I do. Um, I'm planning on going to the parade. I think that'll be a fun part for um, everybody in the big group that we have. Awesome. Well, hey, we appreciate you taking some time. I just have uh, one more question for you. Who is going to be the 570 side-by-side points champion this year? Definitely me. Definitely me. <laughs> That's the right answer. All right, man. We appreciate you taking some time, and uh, best of luck to you next weekend. All right. Thank you. Well, that was one of the two drivers tied for the points lead in 570 side-by-side, but how about we talk to the other driver? It's Riker Remington. Welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Good. How about you guys? Good, good. Just getting ready for the big show at Crandon. I mean, this is your first year in short course off-road racing. I mean, what were your goals coming into this year? Yeah, so this year I just wanted to come in, see how I do, and uh, luckily I'm in the points race. 
I mean, did you have expectations that you would be part of the championship conversation or did that kind of spring up along the way? I mean, that kind of spring up along the way. I just kept on getting podiums and I'm just thankful to be up here. So throughout the year, uh, you've had a lot of great battles with Ethan Dressel, who you're currently tied in the points with, and Chase Braun, who was last year's champion. You guys have battled each other all year. Do you consider those guys to be rivals, or do you not really look at it that way? You just try to go out and run your own race? I usually just try to go out there and run my own race, but uh, if it comes down to a battle, it comes down to a battle. So, hey, Riker, your teammates with Ethan Sleeper, like throughout the whole season, and even though your team is like really small, but you're surrounded by people that know how to win. Does this give you a lot more confidence rather than just showing up with you and your father all by yourselves? Yeah, it gives me a big confidence boost since Easton was a back-to-back uh, mod card champion and surrounded with Bob Nash, so that gives me a big confidence going out onto the track. Yeah, of course, Bob Nash helped out uh, LaDukes. He's, he's been behind a few championships and tons and tons of race wins, so... How much are you actually learning from those guys? I mean, are you trying to absorb as much as you can from them? Yeah, I try to absorb as much as I can from them. Uh, usually in the mornings of every uh, race day, me, Bob, and Easton, we all go on the track and try to pick the best lines we can for the day, but they give me a lot of confidence going onto that track. And then besides obviously working with great people, what else do you do to work on yourself? I mean, do you watch? go back and watch film? Do you run a lot of practice laps what are you doing to improve yourself when you're not actually racing mostly i usually come home first thing i do is watch some film on the uh the races that i just raced and then my dad had bought me this foiler and the side by side that i run around with around our house since we got fields and everything so i usually just run around on those so being tied going in like the last round in bar or in coming out of bark river in the fall crandon has that been on your mind since Bark River, knowing that you're tied going in? Yeah, that's been on my mind, mind ever since. You know, I just want to try to get the points championship, but if I don't, overall, it's a great season for my rookie year. What's your mental state like? Are you mostly nervous? Are you excited to have this challenge in front of you? Are you just totally locked in? Or what? what's your, what's your brain like this uh, last couple of weeks? You know, mostly I've been just trying to focus on the race that's coming up, but I've been a little nervous coming in since it's my first world championship at Crandon. You know, it's the biggest race of the off-road season and history, so I'm just trying to focus on it. So going back to Crandon in June, you actually swept that weekend, and based on the number of wins, you technically hold the tiebreaker over Ethan Dressel. Do you kind of feel like it's your championship to lose? Yeah, at the most part. I feel like I'm running really good at Crandon. You know, I won both the races there. It's kind of a mud fest both days there, but I feel like I'm really fast there. Is it something about Crandon that you think just works well with your driving style, or why do you think you have it figured out well there? I think mostly because it's the lawn track and the big straightaways and the big corners that mostly help me. And it's not as tight as the track. It's really wide and everything. Are you are you just going out to win both days? Are you going out to beat Ethan Dressel? Uh, I'm going to try to go out and probably try to win both days, but... My one goal is just try to be Ethan on both days so I can lock up the points. So part of what makes World Championship Weekend so awesome is that it's, you know, like a carnival almost. Huge crowds, you got the parade on Friday, you know, all the bells and whistles that go along with it. Is it going to be hard for you to enjoy that side of it 
like when you're at the parade, are you going to be able to fully enjoy it or will you be too focused on the upcoming race that afternoon? You know, I just want to try and enjoy it as much as I can since this is my first ever uh, world championship crane and I'm coming to, but I want to try to focus on the race a little bit more. Well, man, we wish you the best of luck. And I know your dad, JP, is right by you and can't thank you for everything you've done for the sport and keeping everybody fueled for the year. And it'll be interesting to watch you guys wind it down in Cranon. I mean, this is the big one and you get to enjoy it. Yeah, good luck to you too and your pro lights this uh in Cranon. Yeah, thanks, buddy. It's gonna be a blast. Hey, real quick, Riker, one last question for you. When the dust settles on Saturday at Crandon, who's gonna be the five seventy champ? Riker Remington. That's that's a good answer. That's the confidence we like. Yeah. Well, hey, man, uh, thanks for taking some time, and best of luck to you next weekend at World Championship Weekend. We'll catch up with you at the track. Yep, no problem. Thank you guys for everything this year. Well, Brent, that's just about a wrap on this episode of the Champ Off-Road Podcast presented by Amsoil. As I mentioned a little while ago, we will have one more super episode anticipating, I think, four guests on one podcast. So strap in for that one. That'll be out next week. Then after that, man... Crandon is just around the corner. I'm excited to go home. Yeah, man, we're going to your hometown track once again. I mean, we had the spring run. Now it's the fall. We've been waiting all season long for this points championship battle to go down to the end. I mean, talked to a lot of great people through this year. And I mean, Champ Off-Road is where it's at. The best in the business are here. We're just lucky enough to get to broadcast it to the world. And I can't wait. The big house is one thing. And we got a lot in store for this weekend. Oh, for sure. I mean, we talked a little bit about, uh, obviously, public now that you're racing a pro light, part of the uh, John Holcher Motorsports team. I'm super excited about that on your behalf. I know you're super excited because you've been texting me about it all the time, but I got my own thing going. So the class 11s are coming back to Crandon and I have scored a shotgun seat for the weekend in a class 11. So I'll get to be on the racetrack on world championship weekend myself which i've never been able to do before so i'm very excited about that as well yeah shane it's gonna be crazy it'll be fun to call the race and watching you out there i just i mean those guys are cool they're coming from a long long ways away and the class 11s there's a lot of cars and it's always a great battle it's crazy to watch them hit those jumps and go in the back section i mean i think we're gonna stay in the front this year right in front of the crowd yeah last year they ran the uh, cutoff track right 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 so, but still I'm looking forward to uh, just how it feels to launch a full size or a, a stock VW bug over the barn jump. I'm sure it feels uh, really good. Well, yeah, I don't know. You better bolt that five point harness on tight. I mean, there's, there's some great drivers in that class. It's cool that you get that opportunity. I mean, everyone should get a chance to go around Cranon and I'm, I'm lucky enough to get the pilot of pro light. It's weird. I'm going to have to be pinched before I go out there because it's just so surreal. Been sitting at the Holger shop for, the last couple of weeks on and off, John and Don and Jen have just been amazing. And Trevor and Deegan and all the other guys helping out. They make you feel right at home. And I get to run one of the best pro lights in the field. So strap on. Shane and I are going to have a blast at Cranon. Plus, we still got to cover all these races. Yeah, yeah we're just a couple guys uh, getting to live our dreams at Cranon International Raceway. But that'll do it for this episode. Thanks again to our guests, Jarrett Brooks, Ethan Dressel and Riker Remington. And as I said, one more podcast yet to come next week before we head to Crandon for the final rounds, World Championship Weekend. Can't believe the season's almost over, but still the big show yet to come. 
For Brent Smith, I'm Shane Stetsny. Thank you so much for listening to the Champ Off-Road Podcast presented by Amsoil. Thanks for listening to the Champ Off-Road Podcast presented by Amsoil.